can't sit here and tell my kids that they need to step outside their comfort zone and, and try to get them to do all these things. And I'm not doing that myself. I have to practice what I preach, right? And that was, that became important to me when I, when I had kids, when I realized, okay, I have somebody who's looking at me, watching my every move, listening to everything I say. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Out of Character. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. It's been way too long since I have been in this chair. I apologize for the lack of episodes the past couple weeks. Been dealing with a personal thing. My dad was in the hospital. Well, still is in the hospital, uh, but the show must go on a little bit. I need to give my dad some entertainment while he is dealing with his stuff. So I'm back here leading the charge. I'm in the driver's seat here. And this week, on the show, we got someone who I'm a big fan of. We got Apollo Crews from NXT. He just wrestled at NXT Deadline. Being honest here, I recorded this before NXT Deadline, though. So we talk a little bit about it, but we talk about so much more. We talk about his Nigerian royalty gimmick. We talk about his previous run in WWE. And honestly, so much more. I really enjoy this conversation that the two of us had. Super cool guy. Lots of interesting stuff in there. I really think you guys are going to dig it. Before we get into the episode, though, I just want to say one thing. Quick little shill on my behalf. Just deal with it. I'm sorry. If you're watching this on video, make sure that you subscribe to the Add a Character podcast feed as well. Because if you're only watching these on video, and I appreciate you doing that. You're also missing out on a little bit of audio content. I got Ron Smackdown roundups that go up every week where I'm breaking the show down segment by segment, telling you guys what I think about everything. And I think it helps if you guys are listening because then I feel like I'm not just a crazy person talking to myself. But really, I enjoy all the feedback we've been getting on there. Lots of good reviews. I read the reviews on those Roundup podcasts as well. So if you haven't checked them out yet, do me a favor and go do so. Pull out your phone. If you're watching on YouTube, I know it's nearby. No one doesn't have their phone near them at all times in 2022, almost 2023. Oh, that's crazy. All right, enough shilling. Let's get to this week's interview with NXT superstar Apollo Crews. All right, we are rolling. Apollo Crews, thank you so much for joining me here today. Super excited to have this chat with you. Uh, I know when we're recording this, it's before deadline, but this is going to come out a few days after deadline so i'm excited to see you uh i'm excited to watch you at deadline and we're gonna get into nxt stuff we're gonna get into wrestling uh but before we get into all that i want to start this off asking you what i ask everyone else at the top of each show and that is how much of your real true self is there in the character that you play on tv well so the one now i feel like is 100 percent me uh uh, maybe let's do we say 100 percent? i don't know if it can ever be 100 percent, just because it's kind of uh amped up a little bit and in real life, you know, I'm not running around uh, at level 120 all the time. But uh, I think majority of it at this current moment is me. But, uh, you know, what's funny is when I did the, uh, I was doing the Nigerian character and I was, uh, you know, I went back in touch with my roots and everything. Even though I had the accent, I feel like that was a lot of me as well. Because when I was younger, I remember, you know, my, my parents are actually both Nigerian. And I just remember growing up with uh, some of my friends, my brothers and sisters, uh, the other friends who had Nigerian parents as well, we'd always kind of um, just, you know, throw that accent on just to kind of uh, not really poke fun at them, but it was just something that we did. So I feel like that was a lot of, once I got comfortable in that character, I felt like a lot of that character was me as well. So um, 
it, it's funny how that works. Even though I was, you know, playing somebody else on TV, I still felt very connected to that. Well, I mean, of course, you're going to have to. But it is interesting to hear you say that you kind of feel like both of them were extensions of you, considering there's such a stark difference between the two yeah. characters that you're portraying. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's it's funny how that works. And I feel like, uh, from what I understand, I feel like when you when you are playing a character on TV, you're either going to be so far you know, detached from that character or it's going to be something that's so close to you. And I felt like I was able to find something within that that was very close, very relatable. And I think it's just because I was like, okay, you know what, at the end of the day, what I'm doing here is I'm kind of just uh, uh, being what I did, doing what I did in, with my friends growing up, just in front of, you know, millions of people or whatnot. But uh, it was, uh, it took some getting used to. And, and once I found that comfort, it actually helped me. What I realized after the fact, after I did that character and I started uh, kind of doing some promos in my normal accent, I realized that it actually helped me find my voice. And I, I learned that I wasn't putting on uh, um, before the doing the accent, I'd always kind of put on like this deeper voice that really wasn't mine. And I'm trying to like sound a certain way that I thought might be cool or that I thought was uh, what I need, what it needed to be. But it kind of helped me find my voice and helped me understand that I just need to talk like myself. I don't need to put on another voice. Like I don't need to make my, my voice deeper or try to be something that I'm not. So it, it kind of, it, in a weird way, it helped me become a better performer and, and kind of find my voice and kind of find, figure out who I, who I am as a performer. Well, that's interesting that you say that because when I was prepping for this and I was looking through your Instagram, you know, your social media, reading stuff about yeah. you, you had posted one thing not that long ago that I thought was interesting about your kids. You said, it's crucial for me to show my kids that they have to try new things and step outside their comfort zone. And I feel Absolutely. like that's really something that's really what you had to do at work yeah. on, on the, with a ginormous audience watching you and i think that I'm, I'm sure at first it felt a little silly because it was not That's natural absolutely. to you but i but i think <laughs> that once you can break through that like i feel silly doing this on tv thing i think it does kind of free you as a performer to kind of like find your voice more absolutely and you know what i think what it broke down to was a lot of the feedback that you get from social media right where you see um a lot of uh people saying this or that whether it's negative or positive and you kind of uh it, it, as much as people say they kind of don't care about these things those things kind of affect you in a way, but it helped me grow and understand that what these people say really doesn't matter, right? So when, when the idea was presented of, uh, you know, going, getting back in touch with my roots, it's funny because I was talking to Big E one day, it was when we were kind of going into uh, the WrestleMania program. And uh, he said, you know, what would be, I think it would be cool is if you kind of brought a lot of your, your any, any type of your African heritage on the TV, because at that time there really wasn't any African representation. And since then, there's been, you know, Omas, of course, um, that's, you know, also representing uh, Africa as well. But I told E, I said, I, you know what, I would love to do that. But I know the first thing that they're going to want me to do is, is, is have an accent. <laughs> and then when that idea was presented, I heard the first thing that came back was, is he going to have an accent? You know, and I was like, geez, why is that the first thing that comes to anybody's mind? when talking about playing a uh, an, an African character or anything like that. But I was, you know, this is my job. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it to the absolute best of my ability. And that's what I felt like I did. Uh, and I wanted to be respectable with it. You know what I mean? I didn't know what the, the feedback would be. It's like, here's this guy who, you know, isn't really all that in touch with his roots, who doesn't know too much about um, his actual heritage portraying a character that may not be 
uh, seen in a, in a positive light to a lot of African people or Nigerian people. So uh, dealing with that was kind of, um, uh, you know, that was a whole little issue in itself. But again, at the end of the day, this is a job and uh, I was going to do the best job that I can and make sure that I was able to bring this life, this character to life. Well, I'm interested in that, you know, as someone who lately I've really been looking at my roots of being like, you know, I didn't really pay attention to my roots. Like I know these names, I know where I'm from, but like I've been here in the now and, and on a personal level, I've been trying to like look through generational patterns and be like, is this just things that have been passed down through generations? And like, (laughs) why am I just a, a, you know, um, you know, the product of all these generational things, you know, or am I my own person? But I wonder, you know, with you, with you mentioning that, did it kind of force you to look at your roots more and kind of go back and, and, and see more of like who you are and where you come from? Absolutely. And that was the thing. I remember uh, I was messaging my dad, like on a regular basis and my mom just asking him any kind of details that they could give me about uh, anything that could help with this, with this character, helping bringing this character to life. Because the last thing you want to do out there is go out and, and do something or say something that's not true. Right. Uh, even though it is entertainment, you still kind of want to have right that that truth to it, you know. So it, it can only be uh, believable to a certain extent, right? So um, I definitely did do my own research as well. And the thing with this with this character, what I don't think a lot of people realize, and maybe they do because it was such a a quick transition. We were doing this as, as the weeks went, right? So I remember coming back from SmackDown, uh, and I told the story earlier today. But like I was coming back, uh, I was at the park with my son or something, and. Uh, I was getting texts from the writers like, uh, hey, what can we do this week? Is there something that we can add to the to the overall look? Is there how do you like this hat here or that this type of tribal wear? And I'm just like, man, it's it's I'm just at home with my son. The last thing I'm thinking about right now is uh, what kind of details I can add to this character. But it was crazy because it was just as the weeks went, it was kind of developing is that there wasn't any really game plan um, for it. So. Um, it's just one of those things that was kind of being uh, done as we went. And um, like I said, I just I wanted to kind of prove that I was like, okay, here's an opportunity I'm, I'm presented with. I have the opportunity to go to WrestleMania and, and wrestle for the Intercontinental title, right? Here's an opportunity that I'm being presented with where I could do something completely different. And if I want to be the example, uh, and having kids, like I said, for me, kind of changed my perspective on a lot because, uh, like you said earlier, the, the, the post that you're talking about, like, I can't sit here and tell my kids that they need to step outside their comfort zone and, and try to get them to do all these things. And I'm not doing that myself. I have to practice what I preach. Right. And that was, that became important to me when I, when I had kids, when I realized, okay, I have somebody who's looking at me, watching my every move, listening to everything I say, and it's going to criticize me, not from a, uh, uh, like not any kind of judgment behind it, but just because they're kids. And that's just what kids do. They point out, uh, you know, your lies, they point out what you're doing wrong. They just, they're just straight up honest with you. So uh, maybe they don't comprehend at this, at this current moment that I wouldn't be, they don't really understand at this comp what I'm trying to teach them at this moment, but I feel like it's important to teach them young. But as they get older, I didn't want them to be looking at me like, man, this guy tells us to do stuff and he doesn't even do it himself. Like, you know what I mean? So for me, it's important to, when I'm presented with something like that, not just at work, but in life, no matter how uncomfortable it is, I, I've learned that the only way for me to progress is to be comfortable in that uncomfortable situation. So this is one of those situations where it was like, okay, I need to become a better performer. Um, granted, you know, I don't want to come out here uh, in front of all these people 
with an accent overnight, you know, not really any reason why I'm doing it. Um, but it was my chance to prove that I belong uh, in that, um, that I belong to be where I'm at, right? That I belong to be in one of those top spots. So um, I was all for it. And I, again, like I said, I, I gave everything I had to it and I, I did uh, the best, I did what I feel like was the best that I could do. I also feel like, you know, I'm sure some people were, like you said, overnight, you just had an accent and everyone was kind of confused. But I think that, like, I do ultimately think that, like, representation is so important in entertainment. And I think Very that, important. like, absolutely. And I think that, like, the the people who are have been represented for decades or a century, whatever, like, they don't necessarily understand, like, how important that kind of thing is. But, like, you know, yeah. me growing up as, like, a Jewish kid, I see a Jewish world champion. I'm like, that's awesome. There's so many Jewish yeah. wrestling fan kids. It's inspiring, right? Yeah, it's inspiring. It's so inspiring. Yeah. And I know yeah. that, like, man, if I'd had that when I was a kid, if I'd had more of that, I would have thought, oh, I could do that too. Whatever. I'm not trying to say I was trying to be a pro wrestler, but I think that representation no, is it. important. Or, like, even me – as like you know, part Latino, like seeing the MCU finally get a Latino character in Namor, I go like that's awesome. Like I can see myself yeah. on screen, and so I think that like what you did, however much time it was or however left field it came from, I do think that for a lot of people it was, you know, a, a way of seeing themselves in WWE. Man, it was great because a lot of the feedback that I got from my coworkers it was it was amazing. You know, I don't think anybody had seen me in that light. It was kind of like. Uh, you know, we know Apollo, he's this nice guy and everything, um, but I don't, no one's really seen me angry or seen, uh, you know, seen any different side of me besides, you know, smiling. They know that I'm always, most of the majority of the time I'm in a, uh, I won't say majority, probably all the time I'm in, you know, a great mood, um, smiling. So uh, a lot of it, I don't, I just don't think people honestly thought I was capable to do anything outside of than what they saw. So uh, it was nice to get a lot of, the, a lot of feedback from, you know, some of the guys that I work with. And uh, again, like, you know, my, you know, my parents, when I brought, when I told them about it and I was like, Hey, I have a chance to, you know, represent our, our country and bring it onto TV. They were, you know, extremely happy about it. And the fact that, uh, you know, growing up, our, our parents didn't really speak. I got uh, three siblings and our parents didn't speak their native language to us or our native language to us. They figured that, you know, um, when they look back on it, they wish that they did, and they figured we could have gone to school here in America. We grew up here in America, so they feel like we would have learned English in school, you know. But uh, so I didn't, and they didn't teach us too much about the culture. So like coming in, I didn't know a lot about it. You know, I'd been to the country before. I grew up in other parts of Africa, so I was familiar with the continent as a whole, but not really the specifics on Nigeria. So again, like I said, I I just wanted, and I get so many messages, you know, about uh, from people in Nigeria who were uh, happy just for the fact that Nigeria was being mentioned on WWE television, right? So for me, that was also, uh, that was also huge, you know, just, just see, getting the love, seeing the love that I received and uh, uh, not just from the fans, but from the people I work with. Um, and uh, again, like I said, I, at that time, I was regularly, I was able to rest, I was having matches on the regular, I'm in the ring with, you know, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, uh, at that time, I think I, I was doing a lot with those two. I, I remember specifically just doing a lot with those two on a weekly basis. And I mean, you're talking about two guys, Sami Zayn now, especially both and Kevin, right? So I'm in the ring at, with two guys who, you know, I considered easily two of the top guys here. So um, I was like, this is this is great. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm having the time of my life. And then with Biggie, of course, as well, another guy who's, you know, easily top guy here. 
and I got to go on to WrestleMania and, and share the ring with him and share that moment with him, which was, which was fantastic. So, um, and then, like I said, when I look back, it's actually helped me become a better version of myself now that I'm kind of be uh, playing, playing myself, essentially, I guess I'm not really doing anything too far outside of, uh, what I would normally do, but it's, it just allowed me to, it's opened me up as a performer, you know, and I can definitely relate to your, 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 what you're talking about, about seeing some kind of representation somewhere. Right. Uh, I grew up in night in Uganda and Kenya for about eight years. And when I moved back to the United States, I felt like a foreign, I felt like I was like, you know, uh, I didn't even, I thought I was an alien. Right. And I didn't know, like a lot of things I didn't know at the time. I didn't know I was dark skinned until I came back to, to America when I was about ninth grade. Um, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like being dark skinned was, was, a, was a bad thing. Right. It's crazy. Well, it's not a bad um, thing, but yeah. <laughs> at the time, yeah, yeah what, to you, other it, people, some thing. people might Sorry, say, yeah, yeah, I, I phrased that wrong. I didn't know I just, that. No, I got you there. I covered thought, you there. Don't worry. We're good. Yeah, yeah, you did. You definitely did. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm over here. Like I can't even be comfortable in my own skin i'm like you guys are making me feel you know and it was just uh a time being african too it was like you know all the jokes about africa i'm like man I, so i'd hide that part of my my uh myself and my my culture my upbringing that part of my background because i just didn't want to be made fun of you know i just didn't want people to even know that so i kind of in a sense was almost ashamed about it because i cared too much about what other people thought uh so it's nice that i can the mentality I have now and to be able to do that and not worry and to kind of, uh, as you grow older, you know, with life experience, you understand that high school is just high school, right? <laughs> but some of those scars last a long time, dude. Like they I, last. Yeah. Dude, Cause I can remember the same thing, like they being last. a little Jewish kid and like a little kid and being like, tagging some other kid and him being like you didn't tag me and me being like, yeah, I did. And him being like, who yeah. taught you how to play tag? Some stupid Jew and me being like, you're like, what? What? Like, what is that We're just from, playing right? tag, bro. Like, what's going <laughs> We're on? Just tag, We're just right? two yeah. kids playing tag, you know? And then it's like that's that's the first thing you jump to is that is that <laughs> that conclusion where they <laughs> would you would you get that from? Right? Yeah. So I yeah. mean, like, I mean, yes, I, you do realize as you grow older that those things don't matter. But I also look back they at it matter. and I go like. He learned that from his parents and he might have taught it to his kids afterwards. Hopefully he didn't. Hopefully he grew up Absolutely. And, and moved on. But it's that and generational it, yeah. thing I was talking about, you know? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Um, yeah, and I've, I've dealt with a lot of a lot of people like that. And then it's funny now, you know, when I, I told people I want to be a wrestler too, it's like, oh, man, you know, you laugh and, and oh, you're never going to make it, whatever. And then you see the guys now that make fun of me for, you know, being dark skinned or African and, you know, saying that you're not going to make it as a wrestler and it's, you get to the stage that you're at and it's like, oh my God, man, I remember you talking about that when you were a kid. I always knew you were going to make it. <laughs> it's just like, all right, man. Okay, cool, dude. <laughs> Have you ever had someone who did that actually say that to you? Like, I always knew you were yeah. going to make it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, especially when I first uh, got signed to NXT, like I was wrestling around on the indies and, and, you know, like those things, like some of the shows you do on the indies aren't very like presentable on your social media. So it's okay, cool. This guy's, you know, he's wrestling, he's doing what he said he would do. But then you, NXT comes, right? And you see the WWE logo behind that. And then it's like, oh my God, this dude's made it. I remember you said you were going to do that in, in high school. Man, I always knew you were going to be something, something special. You were so athletic, whatever it is. And I'm like, geez, man. Do you, <laughs> do I okay. reply to this? So I was, so was going to say, I was going to ask, do you reply? Because I wonder. No, no you mean <laughs> Never. You know what I do? I leave them with the red sign so they can see that I, I, I actually checked it out. But I'm like, OK, thank you and move on, you know, and, and thank you set in my head and I move on. 
I'm not gonna hold a grudge, you know, but I'm not gonna reply either. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> so I, I, I feel that yeah. wholeheartedly. And dude, yeah. you have come a long way. I was literally, you know, I watched your indie career, but I also, when I was researching for this, you know, I like to put someone's name into YouTube and scroll back to the first thing yeah. I can find. And yeah, your first yeah, yeah. match is on YouTube. Is it my first? Is that with AR? Yeah, dude. It, yeah, I, cause yeah, it, yeah, and yeah. it says, because yeah. it's like 12, 13 years ago, something like that, which sounds yeah, right. It's when it was uploaded. Ago. And it says newcomer nation or something <laughs> like that. And I go, holy crap, <laughs> this is his first match. Yeah. Like crazy. Yeah, man. I go back and I see uh, one of my friends, Moose, had posted some, a clip of me and uh, he and I wrestling. Like this had to be like 2010 or something. And it's just so embarrassing to watch because it's just like, you know, so green, just so new, and just like uh, it, it's it's humbling as well. Where it's but then it, it's a good thing to see how far you've come to. Where it's it's like okay, I, I you know you might feel like you're stuck in a, in a certain spot, right? But you look at it and look at the progress that you've made over this time. Which in the grand scheme of things, like you know, twelve years, it's not a long time, right? But when you look at your progress as a whole, rather than looking at it, you know, day by day, I think, uh, or you know, uh, in the current moment, I think it's it you can see how much you've actually progressed right so it's nice to see that but it's it's very embarrassing to watch i would not give like uh if someone is like what's the match of uh, uh, apollo cruz match you want to uh to, you'd suggest that i watch it would not be anything uh, <laughs> me and ar fox at whnn or <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah, it was yeah, called yeah, and, uh, it, 2009 you know yeah go check that one out hey, if you really want to learn <laughs> i'll give you a little credit to a young nation over there i in the yeah. match you busted out a german suplex that looked nice okay and you yeah. did a moonsault on him that you run yeah. up that you like run up onto the stage and did a moonsault and i was like that was pretty Man, impressive for I, first match you know at that time i still had the the the, the young knees and the uh the healthy body and i know that's not healthy now but you know as time as time goes it's you know what I've learned too is that age, as much as I, when I was younger, I'd be like, I'm not going to be one of those guys that's like, you know, haunted by age. Uh, but it'll catch up to you in certain ways, right? Uh, so it's just funny now, like, and you can become smarter over the years on how to, on just how to do certain things, right? So you go back and look and, and see some of the things that you used to do. And it's like, man, there's no way in hell that I would ever do that today. And then the fact that we're wrestling in front of like ten people, right? <laughs> it's yeah. great because it's like there's like a small crowd watching the match. Yes, <laughs> nobody. And that was like the school that we. I, that might have been the school that we trained at too. Yes. So it was like the same, same fan base that came every week. It was the same exact people every week. But at the time, it didn't matter, right? We're we're it, it was about chasing that dream. It didn't matter if there was 10, 15, 20 people there. It was the fact that we had the chance to have a match, you know, and, and to, to get better. That was what it was about. It's like we're chasing this goal of becoming uh, essentially, you know, whatever, if you're chasing the goal to go to Japan, chasing the goal to get to WWE, we're chasing that goal, right? So it's just about getting better every day. It didn't matter who was there to see us and, and who wasn't. We just wanted to uh, to get better, you know, have more matches and get that experience. That was That's all it was about for us at the time. So, okay. How do you? How did you go from drop? Like, how did you dropping the Nigerian royalty gimmick and returning to NXT come about? So actually, I was, uh, you know, we we're we we're running for a while. It was like uh, I don't remember the last. I think I lost the Intercontinental Title to uh, Shinsuke uh, on a SmackDown. Yep. And I think even before that, it was like not really anything. Like I hadn't even been on a pay per view since I won the title or a premium live event since I won the title at WrestleMania. Um, and this is a side note, but Halloween Havoc actually this year was the first premium live event that I had been on since WrestleMania in 2021. So crazy. Uh, a year, 
yeah, a year doesn't seem like a long time, but when you break it down and realize that each month, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot that I missed out on. So, um, dropped the title and then I kind of, I was on the show main event, like just doing matches on main event, which again, like when I'm out there, I'm going to go like, yeah, give a hundred ten percent. Right. But at the same time, I didn't come here to be the guy who's wrestling on main event, the show every week, you know, uh, I wanted, I came here to be on Raw and SmackDown. I came here to be on premium live events, to be on the WrestleManias, right? So I didn't see any of that happening. And when I would ask questions, it was kind of like, there's nothing that I'm doing, right? So I'm kind of like, well, what is it? <laughs> what is it? What do I need to, what do I need to do? I feel like I've done everything that I was asked. I've, I've never really complained about anything. I don't really take time off, always in great shape. I always maintain a decent look. Um, and I'm always consistent. I'm always, uh, uh, you know, consistent in everything and not just in ring work, but consistent in everything. I feel, I personally feel like, um, and someone else has a different opinion. That's great. You know, that's your own opinion, but I feel like I'm consistent with everything on a regular basis. Um, so it was weird that I just wasn't, nothing was happening. So it got to the point where it was just like, man, I, I don't, I just don't want to be coming here and doing main event anymore. Like I, 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 I want to be on the main shows. I want to be, one of the guys here that's a household name, right? I want to be one of the, I want to be one of those guys. So like, it wasn't coming. So I had uh, made an approach um, and asked if, if there was any a spot down here essentially for me at NXT, and the opportunity came about, and it happened. There happened to be a spot available, and uh, I was like, man, I'm I'm 100 for it. And it was one of those things where it's like, is it long term or is it going to be short term? And I was like, for me, honestly, uh, it, it doesn't matter. It's not going to be like I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm going to control what I can control. Uh, you, you give me this opportunity, I'm going to come out here and kill it. If they bring me back to Raw or SmackDown two weeks later, so be it. If they bring me back two months, so be it. But in my head, I wanted to make the best opportunity or the take full advantage of the opportunity that I was being presented with because essentially I was presented with the opportunity to kind of change the trajectory of my career and kind of really start over, which not a lot of people get to do where it's just like, okay, not that this stuff didn't happen, but we're almost like, let's just wipe that slate clean and we're going to start right here, you know? And it's like, okay, now we're going to work on what should have been done, you know, the, the the first time, right? Which I think when I originally got called up or when I originally got to NXT and was first signed, I think the time that I got to spend at NXT was just way too short. Uh, I don't think I had uh, enough development as a character, uh, as a TV personnel. I just didn't have, I wasn't developed enough um uh, I was not ready to go, but again, like, you know, this is something where Triple H himself pulled me aside and was like, Hey, you're going to, uh, and I think we're filming the show breaking your on at the time too. Um, uh, and he's like, you know, you, you're going to debut on raw. This was after, uh, Dallas. We did a takeover in Dallas. I believe I wrestled, uh, Elias and, uh, but uh, I wrestled Elias for a taping the following week on NXT, which at that time was still on the WWE network. And, you know, Hunter Triple H comes up to me and he's just like, uh, yeah, you know, going to Raw basically tomorrow, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or WrestleMania was Sunday. Sorry. WrestleMania was Sunday. And then I was going on uh, on Monday and I was like, wow, this is uh, what do you say? You're not going to sit there and be like, no, I think I need to stay down here longer. And, you know, it's like this is the dream. This like is what someone, I literally like, imagine your boss going to be like, hey, I want to give you a promotion. <laughs> and you're like, Mm, nah, I should nah, probably I stay where I am. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna exactly. take it. Yeah, exactly. 
right? But it, it's like you don't. I didn't know what to expect, right? Just like signing with NXT, you don't. I didn't know what to expect. You know, moving to the Performance Center or moving to Orlando, it's like you don't know what to expect. And you hear so many different stories, and even the stories that you hear, and it doesn't matter what anybody tells you. Everybody's situation is going to be different. Everybody's career is going to be different. The way things happen for people, it's all going to be different. So you can't really base it off what anybody says, right? So. Um, yeah, so again, like just being blessed with this opportunity to come over, come down and, uh, you know, um, help myself while helping other young talent as well. It's it's just a, it's a blessing and it's an honor. And I'm going to take full advantage of this, which I feel like I've done these last six months already. And then, you know, whenever the time is right, whenever that decision is made, you know, uh, we can get back, hopefully get back, you know, Raw, SmackDown, get on the premium live events, get on the WrestleManias, the Royal Rumbles, you know, Survivor Series, the SummerSlams. Those are the kind of events that I, you know, that's what I feel like everybody comes here for, right? You'd be lying, to be lying if they told you uh, they didn't, you know. They would fully be lying to you if they said they fully didn't. Lying. That's like why you guys are yeah. there. Whole hard, like that's, that's why. But I can also understand you as someone who, from an outside perspective, does seem to like to grow like you don't like to yeah. be stagnant you want to no, step outside no. your comfort zone like you wanted things you know that that help you grow as a person i think that getting the opportunity to go back to nxt and start over again you know so to speak like i do think yeah, yeah. that that you know with all the tools that you've learned over the past few years on the main roster i do think it has shown in your performances on nxt like i do think that you feel different than how you were before the Nigerian royalty gimmick. I feel like it feels more authentic to who you are. Absolutely. It was just kind of like a, are you happy to be here thing before? Right. It was just, yeah. What, what's, uh, what do you blah, blah, blah. I'm just happy to be here. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, what's, where's the substance? No real substance. And I feel like with, you know, the life experience comes those, uh, comes that substance or that depth or, you know, I'm able to kind of understand myself a little better, uh, understand, um, everything just a little better and it's funny because you, you know mentioning that i seem like an individual who likes to progress it took me a while to get to that stage where i was just so caught up stuck in my comfort zone and so caught up stuck with like okay this is fine i'm okay i'm just gonna cruise along and then i you know doing some some work on myself i realized i need to start challenging myself okay if i want to be for example if i want to be one of the top guys here i have to be able to do certain things right i have to be able to go out there and and, and talk i have to be able to come out here and do the media i have to be able to do these things so when these opportunities come about my only option is to say yes because this is the only way that i'm going to be able to challenge myself and show not just myself or not just everybody else but show myself that i'm capable of being put in these situations and I, i'm able to to be in that spot do you work on like promo stuff in your free time or anything like that yeah absolutely because i don't feel like um you know and i i don't feel like you could ever be good enough right so you can always get better you can always improve on something i remember uh working with edge during the pandemic he had uh contacted a few of us and uh you know i see i open my twitter and i'm like edge has slid in my dms i'm like oh snap <laughs> <laughs> i was like no way this is this is not real i don't know you know it was so he he had just mentioned that he wanted to while he was injured with his triceps injury he was talking about uh you know just helping some of the younger guys with promos so i was like man Here's an opportunity. Extremely uncomfortable. He's talking about FaceTiming him once a week. I'm like, man, I hate FaceTime. I hate even talking on the phone, right? But I was like, here's a man who's taking his time to help me get better and advance in my career. So I have to do this, right? 
I have to do it. So we'd be on FaceTime like once a week and he'd literally be, you know, critiquing and giving me advice. And I'd send him like promo after promo. I'm, I mean, like up to like eight to 10 promos a day. And he'd watch like each and every one of them and be like, okay, from, from, I like what you did in the, in the first one. Why don't you do what you did in the third one here at this part? You should try that in this first one right here, but don't do this and that. You know what I mean? And he was just literally breaking them, watching each one and breaking them down and breaking them down. And uh, I remember after I did the first promo I had when I did the, uh, I started the, the Nigerian character. And I think I was still talking in my normal accent and it was like a, I don't, I mean, like a two, three minute promo it was the first time I was out there and I come back and he just gives me a hug and he just was so uh, impressed, so pleased. So, you know, just genuinely happy, you know, that I went out there and just did that because really the first time I had been tested like that to go out there and, and talk, you know, so, uh, and just after seeing the work that we had done, kind of, you know, here's not, I want to say a final product, but here's a product of everything that he had helped me with. I mean, I think he, you know, was just genuinely happy to see me not only get that opportunity, but to go out there and just kill it, you know, so uh, I have nothing but great things to say about him. And uh, I'm very grateful that he reached out and wanted to help not just me, but some of the other guys, um, you know, advance and uh, just be better. You know what I mean? You have someone like that who's done everything here, right? And here he is reaching out to us to, to kind of pass some of the game along, right? How do you not how do you pass up on that opportunity? You'd be a fool if you didn't take that opportunity, right? I, don't yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, I was just going to say, if you, you know, if you then, look at that DM and you're like, Ugh, don't man, need that, uh, you're dumb. Uh, yeah. My promos are, my promos are good. Right. But then going <laughs> back to your question, I do, I do still, you know, still love to work on promos because what I think is good may not actually be good. Right. So like, I, I still got to get that. Uh, I still seek for that, that advice. I don't think that my game is where at the, at the, you know, a fully, polished you know just uh completely top of my game type level right so i i and i i recognize that and i feel like that's a strength that i can recognize the weaknesses and work on those to make them better so you know i'll, I'll try to get uh advice from my wife who's not the hugest uh, wrestling watcher so it's it's getting that different perspective from somebody who doesn't really understand what's going on but getting like that perspective of okay i could she can see things more uh on a real life kind of or in a different way rather yeah. than like uh somebody who's an actual wrestling fan or well, she probably watches tv it, so. so it's more from like a tv viewing perspective yeah, than yeah, like a wrestling exactly. fan right and it's kind of like well you kind of did this here and it, it doesn't seem like authentic so maybe so at first it's hard taking that kind of criticism from your wife you're like man she what does she know she doesn't know <laughs> but then when watch i sit wrestling. back <laughs> yeah she's a and then I sit back and I really think, and I'm like, man, she's 100% right. You know what I mean? And it's nice to have that. I think uh, everybody should have someone who can be 100% honest with you and, and kind of just uh, guide you along that um, line to kind of, it keeps you, keeps your ego in check and just a lot, lets you know that like, look, everything you do isn't perfect because it's not, I know for me, not everything I do is perfect. Where I come back and they're like, man, that's great, great job. I'm like, okay, but what can I work on to make it even better? Right. And that's, that's what I think is like, uh, that's just my mentality now. It's I'm always trying to get better. Always, whatever I'm doing, I always want to get better. And I, I'm always hungry because I don't feel like you can ever be, why can you stop? You can never be too good, right? You can never be too good. Yeah. You can I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, maybe like Michael Jordan or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, well, no, but, but like, you think, but then you, he he's got golf at, and other things that he's been trying to be good at for a long time. Right. So you know, <laughs> but even if you look at even if you look at those guys, the greats, right? Kobe and Jordan, for example. If you look at those guys, they never stopped. Right? It was always right back to the gym, right back to the shooting free throws, right back to I missed this shot in the game. I'm right back to that. I'm gonna watch a game film. Tom Brady said, "Wait, watching a game film." I'm right back to work as soon as we're done. You know, and not everybody's built with that type of mentality. And even if you're not that extreme with it, I feel like there's still a level that you can be on with it, right? So even the greatest of the great, you know, they know that they got to keep working, that they know that, you know, even if you win, it's only going to last for a certain amount of time, right? And you got to come back and repeat that the next year. And can you make that happen on year after year, you know, night after, or night after night, month after month, year after year? It's like, you know, and the only way to do that is to get better. And getting better doesn't just mean like, I'm going to go work out and, and become stronger. It's, it's, you know, uh, getting your rest in, you know, uh, uh, paying attention to the small details. Right. So like you can advance in all kinds of ways where it's not all about just the gym, you know? Um, and I tell some people would ask me, I'm not, I don't have like the, the answers to everything, but if someone's asked me, I've been around and I've, I've talked to enough people to kind of pass the advice along. I'm like, man, when you're doing these promos on your phone, send them to people, send them to your friends, send them to, to people, you know, you get an honest answer from, send them to me, send them to, to anyone. Because like the more, uh, it can be hard because sometimes you're going to get, you can, you can send it to 10 people and get 10 different opinions, right? But within that, you can filter out what you really need and what works for you. Um, so it just, it's, you got to consistently, you got to constantly want to get better and improve. I think you also need to look at like outside influences. Like you look at like things mm -hmm. that are going to inspire you outside of pro wrestling, you know, like Absolutely. TV shows that maybe you can, you know, glean something from or music, whatever, cult some culture something. that you're involved yeah. in, like something. I think that like you can find what's, inspiration. What's funny, what's funny about that and I'm I'll just say and I uh, only a few people know this is that when you talk about finding something outside is I've actually gone back to school and I'm getting my degree in um, exercise science. Hell yeah. Um, which That's is awesome. something, you know, it's, it was something that uh, I stopped pursuing when I was younger to uh, start wrestling. And, uh, you know, I woke up one day and I'm the type that's like, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Or it may, it may take, you know, I may do it today. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to start working towards doing that. Right. I try not to. So I woke up one day and I was like, you know what, I'm going to look for school. I'm going to get back to school and I'm going to finish and graduate with, uh, with that. So, that's just, uh, again, like trying to progress in every kind of way possible. And I feel like uh, just having that discipline and any any one of those walks in life will help you in wrestling as well. You know, it doesn't all have to be about wrestling. Everything wrestling related can come from other things, other aspects in life, right? So like the discipline, you can, uh, you know, traveling a lot and, and being packing your meals or whatever, you know, all that type of discipline can come from other aspects of life. So um, it's important to kind of uh, to understand that and and to realize that. So that's interesting because I was gonna ask you if you weren't a pro wrestler, what you'd want to do. So do you, is that oh, kind yeah. of what you'd want to be doing after pro wrestling? Abs absolutely. Like when I went to school originally, I, I was a uh, <laughs> I went in pre med and I learned quick. I was like, nope. And that was all because my dad. You know what I mean? It was like Nigerian parents either gonna be a lawyer, doctor, or you know something along those lines. I think within the first week they slam me with like, you know, the max amount of uh, credit hours I could take in a semester. I'm taking like this science here, that science there. I'm like, wait, hold up, hold, <laughs> hold up. This is not, I just got out of high school, man. I'm, I'm, you know, and again, I went to a small private high school, right? So like I get into, it's a class, it's 300 people in my first class. This is more than like my graduating senior class in high school. 
so I learned that quick. So I, I, I switched to kinesiology and then I, um, you know, started uh, uh, wrestling. And uh, again, yeah, so if, if it wasn't for, if I wasn't wrestling or anything after wrestling, it would definitely be, you know, something with that uh, along those lines, anything with exercise or, or something like that. Yeah, it's always a bummer that you have to start thinking of your life right after high school like that. You at know? eighteen, I'm like, man, I, you know, I knew, of course, at the time, I wanted to wrestle still, but I was like, okay, I need, to, I need, to, I need to finish school, right? That's that's a smart thing to do, uh, because again, I was extremely confident that I was going to make it in in the WWE. The moment I decided to be a wrestler, I knew, and I feel like anybody feels that way. Otherwise, it's not a journey that they would take, right? Somewhere in your mind, whatever you decide to do, you absolutely feel that you can do it. Otherwise, it's not something that you would be pursuing. Um, so I was fully confident I'd make it, but at the same time, it's like, okay, what if you don't, there's always, you got to ask yourself that question. What if it doesn't happen? Right. You know, and it could be, and not anything that you did, but it could be a decision that's, uh, an external force. Right. So you could get injured, you, anything could happen. Right. So I was like, okay, I definitely need to finish school. And then, um, at the time I just wasn't mentally prepared for that. So I was like, well, wrestler i'm gonna go pursue that start pursuing that earlier than planned <laughs> yeah because then you again, did get like, injured while you were on the indies too uh, so yeah, it probably made you yeah. nervous that was it was very very nerve-wracking because it was one of those like uh and and i feel like i hear the story from a lot of people who get injured and I, i'm wondering now if this is just a thing that doctors say where it's like we know this is going to have more uh, dramatic impact if we tell you that you may not be able to wrestle again, but <laughs> I probably shouldn't be making a joke of that. But I feel like it was one of those things where that's what I was told, where it was like, yeah, you, you might not be able, because it's a pretty serious injury yeah. to be a patella tendon. And um, uh, I was, uh, you know, still on the indies, you know, I'd like uh, just no insurance, you know, doctor bills, I got to go to rehab. I'm like, all I know right now is, is wrestling, wrestling and doing something athletic training. Now I'm stuck on the couch, like not, not being able to do anything. So it's a tough time where you, uh, you know, I don't wish anybody to have to ever experience an injury, you know, because it's, it, it's tough, but it, it, it makes you stronger mentally. I think you come back stronger physically. So, uh, yeah, that was a worry of, at that time too. I'm like, dang, okay. Injury doctor says I'll never wrestle again. Is <laughs> this plan done? But at that time, again, I was so determined to, I, to, to chase this dream of becoming a WWE superstar. There was just nothing that was going to stop me. I sometimes think that, you know, you were talking about it a second ago where like backup plan, oh, okay, backup plan, doctor or whatever, you know, doing medical stuff. And I sometimes feel like that backup plan is like bad. I sometimes worry yeah, that like I got the you, backup plan is like the thing you do to convince yourself to not follow your dream because you know that's more practical. Yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely see that where it's like, um, yeah, it's almost like you're talking yourself out of it, right? It's like, okay, uh, well, yeah, and I feel like at that point, the, the, the defeat has already settled in because you've already convinced yourself otherwise. It's like, okay, well, at least I have this to fall back on. So if I don't make it, so in that time, you may not be psychologically already, you're not going to push yourself as hard and you may not even be aware of it, but you're, you're not pushing yourself as hard because you know that you may have this thing to fall back on, right? So you're not giving everything that you have to uh whatever it is that you might be pursuing and it's funny because my dad would always tell me he's like don't put your eggs in one basket you know which you know on one side i can completely agree with it but on the other side like you said i feel like if you're not putting your eggs into that one basket you're, you're already setting yourself up for failure at whatever that that journey might be that's kind of how i've been looking at it i was like i was talking to my sister about it the other day and i, I just straight up told her i was like no nah, man like 
screw that backup plan, dude. Like, just do it. I was like, the, <laughs> I, like it, I was like, yeah. 10 years later, I wish I could go back and tell myself the worst thing that'll happen is you'll fail and you can just go you do fail. it. You can just do another thing in 10 years. It's fine, you but, know? But even that, like, let's say you fail. You can always try again, right? Like, just because you didn't make it the first time, it doesn't mean that there's a lot of guys now that I see that are on TV, right, that have tried, you know, uh, to get in, in WWE, you know, years before I was even signed and maybe not years, but, you know, but you, you the, the second opportunity comes back, right? So it's not just because you don't make it this one time. It doesn't mean you might just have to, your path might just be different, right? You know, it's just like, okay, I'm on this path, but uh, that predetermined path may be the, the wrong one, right? So where it's like, okay, stop here, boom, you can cut left here or take a few steps back take a different path and now we're on the on the on the right track right so it's not i don't think it's uh anything bad with the failure um i think the fact that we fail you know helps us uh, to become even more successful right and when you get that success you understand what you have to do to keep it because now you know what it's like to fail uh so um very good uh, life lessons i feel like failure very good life lesson i think la knight is an example of someone who was just persistent mm -hmm. you know where Mm -hmm. was in developmental god forever ago it feels like release yeah, other companies yeah. interest back to nxt brought up to the main roster right. completely different character gets to change that he's and like, go back what is like this? you know he's always just following along but he he's been persistent right? and now he's getting persistent. this opportunity and he's knocking it out of the park and that's the thing is like okay now that you, you i feel like with the experience right uh you know going back to, for me going back to school with that life experience i look at school completely different way where you know i'm uh it's studying is easy now, right? Or before I'd be like, man, I don't know how, how am I going to retain all this? I don't, I don't even know, but it's just, he's had the same experience where he's got that, you know, uh, life experience and understands, and he's had time to, to really prepare now that the situation is being presented with him. It's like, okay, here's the final product of everything that he went through. Right. And he's, it does, it's like, now you see all the years of, uh, you know, being told no or whatever it is. And I don't know if that's the case, but just whatever the reason is for him not to succeed, you know, it shows that he didn't settle. He's like, okay, I'm just going to make myself better and better and better. And now that hits the opportunity, it's like, bam, now I'm going to hit these home runs on a regular basis. So I'll, I'm going to do two little, uh, speaking of left turns, two little left turns here yeah. before yeah, we get to my absolutely. closing segment. Uh, I'm more of the wrestling guy here at Fox, but I saw your tweets. It seems like you seem to be enjoying the World Cup this year. Oh, I love I, I grew up playing soccer, so uh, I, I I love I love the game. It's funny because people, I don't know if it's because, yeah, I'm jacked, I'll say it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know if that's why people are like, no way you played soccer. But I grew up grew up playing soccer. Uh, after, you know, growing up in Kenya and Uganda, it's like there's no American football there, you know, at, that, at, at the time. Now I'm not sure if there is, but like it's not like a sport that, you know, we we're familiar with growing up, so it was, it was soccer. My brother was a goalie. I played uh, center back, so definitely been watching, keeping up with the World Cup. What's been the your favorite part about it so far this year? Man, Japan. I got to say Japan has, uh, and I've been texting with Tozawa on a regular basis, and uh, Japan was one for me that, like, uh, I was so happy for them. And they lost the other day, unfortunately, before getting into the quarterfinals, but, man, what an effort they put up. I was so... Uh, so proud, and it's. I think it's because I spent a lot of time in Japan. I think I've developed. I developed a uh, almost like a home sense feeling for Japan. I got. I really love the country, the people, and Tazawa was one of my legit, not just uh, best friends in wrestling, but best friends in real life. Um, and uh, it, just seeing Japan like get that far in the way they fought, 
man, it was it's, it was wonderful to see. Uh, also, I mean, minus that, you got Belgium and, and Germany who didn't even make it out of group stage. Uh, and my wife mentioned something about Italy the other day, and I didn't even realize that. <laughs> it was like, man, I completely forgot about Italy weren't <laughs> even in the tournament, right? So it's like, so the teams now, I, I, I'm only going to go with France or Brazil. I think I've, it's taken me up to the quarterfinals to realize it's, it might be one of those teams because, you know, Spain just got kicked out the other day. Uh, and again, and, uh, that's a hell of an effort to uh, Morocco. Um, yeah, so a lot of these teams are, uh, what I love now is that like at one point in time, it's like you see just powerhouses, right? Like Brazil, uh, you got the Argentinas, the Spains, the Germanys. What, what it seems to be now is that the other countries have kind of uh, match caught up on the skill level, right? Where you don't see these powerhouses that, you know, historically were powerhouses uh, really just dominating like that. It's nice to see. It's like it's like a feeling in WWE when you see like a new uh, a new wrestler getting an opportunity, right? It's like that that fresh kind of uh, oh yeah, I'm okay. I'm 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 excited about this. I'm I'm curious about this kind of feeling, you know. That representation we talked about earlier, other countries that's, being that's like, it. finally, we're, we're yeah, yeah, where you guys at, right? And it's like the opportunity to make. I think Morocco's like the fourth African team that's uh, made it to the World Cup in World Cup history. Crazy, and I, I'd have to go check. I don't know how long you know the World Cup's been going on, but you know, it's it's. I would guess a long it's, time. Uh, a long time, right? <laughs> and we're talking about like something that happens every four years, where it's like, you don't win this year or whatever year it is, you got four years, like the Olympics to come back, right? So it's it's nice to see like history, the chance of potential history being made and being able to witness that is a great thing. It was a tough week last week for Mexico. They lose in the World Cup, and then uh, Santos Escobar loses in the SmackDown World yeah, Cup. Yeah, in the other World Cup, right? I'm rough like, what's week, going on? Rough were, week for Mexico. Were you rooting for him? Were you well, rooting for I, uh, I, Santos? I, 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 I held no allegiance here because that's I, a tough one. Because I, I like Ricochet so much too. Like I know you, yeah, I know yeah. you and Ricochet are boys. It's a tough one. I yeah. like Ricochet a lot. So I, I'm gonna say I was rooting for Ricochet because I'm a big okay. Ricochet yeah. fan. I've been wanting to see him yeah. get a bigger push under Triple H. So Me I, too. I, I love. I, I, I'm a big fan of Santos Escobar. I'm Latino, so I. I feel bad saying this, I, but no, he's newer on the show. Ricochet, Ricochet needed it more, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I was I was happy to see that too. You know, as, as one of my boys. I mean, I remember he was at my first when I did uh, Dragon Gate, yeah, uh, Dragon Gate USA. But we we're trying out for Dragon Gate Japan. I think he was there, uh, 2011. It was, and I was convinced to ride up. Ar Fox had convinced me. He, he, I was wrestling around in Georgia at the time, and he's like, "Man, you know, if you really want to like get your name out there, you need to come to this uh, tryout with me this weekend." I had a hundred dollars to my name. I'm like, dog, if I drive to indianapolis from atlanta georgia it's like 13 14 hours i was like 50 is going to go to that to gas the trial costs 50 dollars. i'm coming home broke <laughs> you know what i mean i don't i don't have money to do that i did it <laughs> best decision i made it you know what i mean and uh yeah i remember ricochet being there and i think he wrestled on the show that weekend and and swan versus swan was another one and those guys i just immediately like kind of uh bonded with them and then shortly after i got to you know start traveling into uh japan with them and we just instantly became like uh like-minded individuals so we just kind of uh just you know bonded and became boys like the moment that we met each other good dude so i was happy to, i was definitely happy to see that uh these days i feel like i just hope it's like who do you want to win this match and i'm like you know what i'm just excited to see two of, you know, my friends, the two people that I know go out there and, and just have a one hell of a match, right? I feel like if that's the case, you no, know, like Chad Gable, for example, right? Just, you know, getting these opportunities to come out here and, and, and giving time to wrestle and really showcase. Like, I saw him have a match with Kevin 
And then the next week he had a match with like Dolph Ziggler. And it's two completely different styles of matches, right? But that's just a testament to how good he is. So uh, those kind of, I love to see those kind of things. Me, to see it. me too, dude. And it's, I, it's been so nice to see Chad Gable get to showcase his abilities every week on Monday Night Raw since Triple H took over. Like, I'm such a big Chad Gable fan. And just like, like yeah. you said, one like he'll be backstage hilarious so funny then he gets in the ring and he's wrestling just like a clinic you know and then you know what i mean i'm like man this guy he can do it he can do it all man and it's so good to see for people to be able to see that right because we had a lot of situations where it's like okay i uh, you know you go to do the live events that are in you know uh pikeville kentucky or whatever right and you go out there and you you know 15 minutes and you have this match and it was like man i didn't know apollo was that good or whatever and it's like yeah because you see me on TV in three minutes getting my, my ass handed to me. Of course, <laughs> of course, you're not going to think I'm that good, right? You know what I mean? So it's nice for talent because people don't realize like how much talent some of us really, really have. And, you know, when you get the opportunity to go out there and just really show that, man, and really get emotionally involved in it. It's it's such a wonderful feeling. I completely agree. It's why live events are so mu- so much fun to go to. I for a while I'd yeah. be like I had this weird thing where I was like, well, I know what's gonna happen because you know what's going on on TV and you don't. Uh, yeah. But then I went to one and I was like, this is honestly just as fun it's as great. going to Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. It's it just was go, so much just fun. Enjoy it, right? Yeah. A lot of the friends that I have that never seen wrestling, I'll have them come to those shows, like and, and uh, because I know what it's like. Because I remember as a kid, my our dad took us. I don't even remember. I think the only guy I remember on the show, I think uh, uh, King Kong Bundy was supposed to be on the show, but I don't think he made it. But Coco Beware was on it and uh, Abdullah the Butcher. And when Coco Beware came out, and, you know, my dad is just a serious, like, uh, what's the one I'm looking for? Just a stoic kind of guy. And he's just like, you know, never really see him. I, as a kid, I just felt like he was just always serious. So when I saw him, like, lose his mind for Coco Beware at this, this one show that he took us to, in Uganda and Africa and all places, right? He lost his mind. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is crazy. So that was my first time ever experiencing wrestling like live. And it was such a different uh, vibe. It was such a different feeling than I got watching it on TV. So I know what it feels like when you've only watched it on TV and you've never seen it live. So I'll be trying to get like people to come to the events. Like you have to see wrestling live because it's going to change the way you look at wrestling. I promise you. Just come watch one live show, see it in person. If you hate it, you never have to come again. But what's the worst that can happen? You're going to become a even bigger. Fan, you know what I mean? Yep. So, yep. I I try to get I try to tell everybody if you if you ever get the opportunity, go watch a live show because it's it's great to see like TV such a huge production, but it's kind of great to see uh, essentially like a watered down version of it where the the guys are still out there putting in a hundred percent and giving you everything that they have, right? And you just get to see how much talent. Uh, it's just out there, right? You just get to see guys out there just having fun and putting on a show. So, um, yeah, everybody's listening who's going to watch this. If you've never been to a live wrestling show, you it's a must. You have to go. I think it's like, you know, when you're watching a concert that's like a festival, you get to see them play their – a band that you like play their hits, you know? But I think that when you yeah. go see, like, them as the headliner at maybe a smaller thing or whatever, you go – Yeah, They're yeah, showing like, their like, full creativity. They're painting yeah. with every brushstroke yeah. they have. Maybe doing yeah. a cover and song like, here, and you're like, Whoa. Where's this song at? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. And I think that that's kind <laughs> yeah, of like yeah, the, yeah. The, the live event thing where you're like – you're seeing people that, you know, don't have time constraints, necess- the same time constraints or yeah. the same yeah. – you know, they, they can be a little creative to try something out that they might take the TV. Exactly. So, 
exactly where I think that's really where, yeah. where the live events become very fun to watch. Man, that was a, a great analogy. That's exactly what it's like. That it's was uh, they, that was that was a fantastic one. It's why they pay me here at Fox Sports. What can I say? You know, let me let me borrow like let me borrow ten dollars, man. I gotta <laughs> I gotta go put some gas in my car, man. I got I got places to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, normally I have a closing segment, but we I we've we've hit our time limit, so I'll save it for a future episode. I'll I'll get Absolutely. you back. Oh wait, are you sure I can do my producer saying I got time? I got time. Let's do it. Let's all right. Do it. Well, let, all right. Then uh, I guess we still got time. I thought I had hit my time uh, limit. Then let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, the final segment, I call it the finishing move. Ooh. Boom. There it is. Uh, I all like right. it. I like it. All right. So who's your favorite person to hit the spinning sit out power bomb on? It's going to have to be a smaller guy. Let's see. I had a I feeling say... that was going to be the case. <laughs> you know, because like there's like a lot of, uh, you know, like – with, with smaller guys a lot of different creative things you can do with that right but i'm gonna have to say shelton no he's too big for that man that's that's a big dude <laughs> <laughs> i'm a strong strong individual but shelton is a is a beast right so you know uh he's one of those guys that like he's one of those guys that is a lot bigger in person than you realize watching him on yeah, tv you expected to be yeah, yeah. and he like and he's, he's strong strong too so I'm gonna go with like someone like like a ricochet, you know. I don't even know if I ever hit him on him, but someone like with that body type, right? Where it's just a little lighter. Not that he's a small, small guy, you know. Um, he flies, he flies <laughs> a little more with, easily though. Yeah, exactly, and he's more comfortable with being in, in held up in that position. Um, okay, so you don't seem to be someone who names their finishing moves. Why is that? I think it's just because I, I I don't know what they should be called. <laughs> sad to say but i'm like man I, what do i even call this right like to me i when i was a kid i was so good with that stuff right it was just like and i think i just didn't care what it was because i just didn't care what you know like it didn't matter you know what i mean like this is not like a move i'm actually using on tv i think there's a lot more that goes into it now and it's it's it probably works against me i probably should you know come up with some of these things and it's just like i think i think too much about it instead of just like hey this is what it is and i i let uh, other opinions kind of sway my decision so uh i think i think that's what it, it has to do with a lot of that where it's just like undecisive indecisive indecisive you should name the spinning sit out power bomb people aren't using like that's such a sick move people aren't using that move you right yeah it's not like yeah. when you're like whoa kurt angle had the angle slam i can't name it something different like you could name right you right We'll come up with I something. Could, I could definitely. We'll come we'll up with something. We're, we'll, we're, we'll, we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about that one. We'll talk about that one. Uh, <laughs> and, and lastly, what's the most memorable time that you hit a finishing move on someone, and why? Man, it had to be. Uh, well, that technically wasn't my finishing move. It technically was Aziz, but uh, I'll have to say with the the first title, United States uh, with Andrade uh, winning that United States Championship. I think actually, I hit the standing moonsault and the shooting star press combination. Um, after the Gorilla Press, but it was just like the first time winning a, a title inside WWE during the pandemic, which uh, for me, it didn't feel like it was any different. You know, obviously it would have been nice to have a crowd there, but that feeling of winning that title, I think it was essentially the same. I don't think it would have, the actual feeling of winning the title, I don't think it would have been much different if we were in front of an audience, but that's something that I was always, that's it's never, never, ever, I, I, I can never forget that, you know, um, huge moment in my career. And uh, definitely it would be, that would be the moment, the favorite my favorite time of hitting a finisher on somebody. Hell yeah. Love it. Can't wait for the show this weekend. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for having me. I truly, it was an honor truly to be on this show. I've seen so many of them. I was like, man, I wonder, 
when I get to do it. And then I was like, no way, they, they, no way this is like, it's my time now. It's my time to get on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I, I was waiting for, to see what would happen with the Nigerian royalty gimmick. Cause I was like, I don't yeah, know if he's going to yeah, come on here for yeah. 45 minutes with that accent. That's going to be tough, dude. You know, man, and you know, what's funny about side note real quick. I was doing like, when I first started that, I was like, okay, I got to keep this character on. I, I was going on interviews and using the accent. I'd go, I would just hold it up, you know, all the time. And it was, uh, it was such a, I look back on it and I just laugh and uh, it's it's nice to not have to, <laughs> doesn't have to be a worry now. Well, it was nice <laughs> to get I you, think I really, it was nice to get you on here I without the accent, the accent for 45 yeah, minutes too, absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. I don't even think I joke around with the accent anymore. I feel like I'm <laughs> like, I'm all tapped out with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, have a great moment, man. I appreciate it. All right. I appreciate you. Thank you for having Better me. Better dude. Peace. All right. That was my conversation with NXT superstar Apollo Crews. As always, I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did, because I really did enjoy that conversation. Uh, you know, I, I, I do get something out of this show on a personal level. It's really fun just to pick someone's brain for 45 minutes. It's, it's enlightening for me. I feel like it grow, helps me grow as a person. And I, just for the past two weeks, I've been in a sad haze, and it's really nice to get back in action, get into chat with someone who I respect, very much now before we get out of here i want to mention one quick thing as announced last week for the first time since february of 2020 nxt premium live event will be taking place outside of florida finally nxt vengeance day saturday february 4th in charlotte north carolina at the spectrum center so keep your eye out for that because if you're less if you're in that area you're obviously going to want to go to it uh i it's been i feel like it's been forever since i've been to an NXT premium live event but i've been to a war games before i've seen them in person they're so much fun i miss the electricity of a takeover crowd full arena of people and that's what we're finally getting again thank you triple h and sean michaels now before we get out of here couple quick things make sure that you subscribe to the Add a Character podcast feed. If you're watching this on video, you're missing out on content. You're missing out on Raw and SmackDown Roundup podcasts where I break each of those shows down segment by segment, giving you my immediate thoughts on everything that happened. It's just me on those podcasts. They're a little quicker than your typical uh, recap podcast, but you only get my opinions, and that's what you really want. So perfect. Uh, and also, if you're there, leave a review, leave a rating. It helps the show out a lot. Also, if you are watching this on YouTube, I appreciate you as well. Don't feel slighted here. I appreciate you watching on video. This set looks so nice. Why wouldn't you want to watch it on video? But also, if you're here, make sure that you're also subscribed to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find this show every Wednesday clips from this show that we have in the YouTube shorts area in the in the regular videos area there's also clips from Raw and Smackdown there's stuff going on in the community tab so make sure you're not missing out make sure that you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel also make sure you follow us on social media Twitter Facebook Instagram TikTok we are on all of them so make sure you're following us there all right that's it I'm done, officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been Out of Character.